Hello everyone and welcome to our latest Red or Blue, our podcast series that features players who began life in football at Everton Football Club, might not have made the impact they wanted to make at Everton, but went on to have terrific professional careers and I'm glad to say that uh, that certainly fits the bill for Sean O'Hanlon alongside me. Thanks for joining us Sean, thanks for your time. Let's go right back to the beginning. When did you first sign for Everton Football Club? When did you first walk through the door? I was 10 years old, um, I was playing for my school team, primary school in Formby, our ladies. And I went to the same school as Michael Ball, who's obviously the ex-player, uh, Everton player. And I played in the same team as his younger brother. And it was his dad, Michael Senior, who put me through. And yeah, I was 10 years old and came through and had a probably like an eight, eight to ten week trial or whatever it was back then. And uh, yeah, stayed there. Till and the who, anybody, anybody that we'd know that was uh, in and around your teams then? Well, I think when I first started, um, I think th- there's two different groups. There's kind of like the inner city group, and then there was kind of like the the outer city, so to speak. So I think Formby fell into that category. The posh um, kids, the posh kids, yeah, and you know, lads from out, outside of Liverpool. Um, but Joey Barton and Bradley Orr were, yeah, I was aware of them. They were like in the other group, yeah. and we kind of merged together maybe a year or two later and became one team. So uh, they were like the, the the main two at that time. It, it's, a, it's an incredible commitment, isn't it? When you sign for a football club at the age of 10, you're looking at it, you think, well, at best, I'm probably going to get a first-team chance when I'm 18. So you've got a, it's a massive commitment, not just for the boy, but for his family, isn't it? It is. Um, although I think now it's, it's a bigger commitment for parents. I think, I, think lads are, I think teams are training three times a week. From, from memory, I think we only train once a week. And we obviously had the game in the weekend. Um, so... Back then, it, it was still a commitment to get to, to Belfield as it was, um, but I think I think it's a lot more of a commitment for parents now. Who were your coaches during your formative years here at, uh, at Everton? What through the young, yeah. So when I started, can't remember the surnames or anything. But Mike Dickinson, um, I'm not sure if he's still around now. Or... <laughs> Thankfully not. No, <laughs> no. But Mike Dickinson had a tremendous influence on a lot, a lot of young players. But uh, he took retirement a couple of years ago. We still see him though. Yeah, yeah. I do bump into Mike. He, he lives. He lives by me now. Um, but Mike was a coach back then, and again, he was. His daughter was same school as me, so it was a familiar face. So it was. It was nice to be coached by Mike at that age. You played for England at various youth levels as well, didn't you? Yeah, I um, I broke through. I think it was under fifteen, which is the first, the schoolboy level, and managed to play through to under twenties. And I think I actually made one. Well, I, I did. I made the under twenty team, entered under twenty one tournaments. So uh, I got a cap at under twenty one level as well. Again, anyone we'd know in the team there? Or were you international teammates? Yeah, the the main guy for me was Jermaine, Jermaine Pennant, right. who was a bit of a character back then, and he still is now. Um, and throughout his career but Jermaine was just an unbelievable player at that level he was still taking everyone on scoring goals um, that usually only happens at your grassroots and you know your early years but he was doing it at 14, 15, 16 for England playing Italy playing Germany he was still able to um, to take players on and uh, yeah, he was really creative he, he was the main the main one must have been terrific for a young boy to represent England at whatever age level it is. Once you pull that uh, that white jersey on with the three lines, yeah, it, it was. Um, you know, I've got my shirt there, which is framed, um, and you can never take that away from me. It's something I'm very proud of, and representing the country, the European Championships under eighteen level was was unbelievable. 
um, singing the national anthem. You know, it, it's yeah. it, it's it's what dreams what dreams are really, and that's managed to uh, make them come true. We were just speaking before, Sean, about uh, reserve team football and how it differentiates now between under twenty one football as it is now. But when when did how old were you when you first played reserve team football? I think I was probably either fifteen or no six. I think I was sixteen. Um, and I'm not sure if it was my debut, but I played in the mini derby and it was Sean Dundee. Liverpool just signed Sean Dundee. He was a big big six foot three guy from Germany. I think he might have been an international. Um he was up front and Titi Kamara was was the other was the other striker and I was only sixteen years of age. Sink or swim for you then, isn't it? It was, yeah. So it was, you know, throwing at the deep end and I don't remember what the score was, but you know, I think I held my own. Um, there's obviously physical uh, attribute differences. You know, these were big, strong, you know, men, and I was still developing. But um, it was definitely a see how you do, you know, dive in the deep end type type of stuff. What a, what a way to learn, though. What a way to start to really learn your trade at that age to play against international footballers. It was. It's. It just gives you that taste. You know, if if, if you thought at 15, 16 you were going to be a first team footballer, um, you know, you soon brought down to earth really with you know how far you, you probably are and it gives you the sense of you know you need to work harder to get to their level um, to having that marker of seeing how good they are and you know it's down to yourself to get to their level Was that Andy Holden gave you your reserve team debut? Yeah it would have been I think Andy took the reserves pretty much throughout my time um, he was, he, he, was, he was great with the young players wasn't he he'd been a centre half himself an uncompromising centre half and, and he could be an uncompromising coach as well couldn't he yeah he was um, you know he, he he obviously helped me a lot um, he was a very aggressive t- t- type of defender and you know he, he really tried to install that in, into my game of the importance of winning your headers and being strong and um and you know, not taking chances really at the back, and just just clearing your lines. It, it was all those attributes is what he you know really installed in me. So as time went on, did did you then start to feel like a, a, a reserve team regular? You were playing alongside international footballers against international footballers, but you knew that you were going to play. You were a regular in the team. Yeah, back um, I got to probably the age of I think like nineteen. I think it maybe outgrown the under nineteens as it was. Um, Nick Chadwick was doing very well at the time. He was my age, and he was he was you know in the first team squad, and I just kind of followed Nick, I think, um, into that first team squad. So um, I was playing reserve football, but they didn't play every week, which was a bit annoying. Um, but you know, I, I, I was there till I was twenty one, and I, I was a regular reserve team player, which is not what I wanted to be, because the the dream was to. You know, to pull that shirt on a Saturday with the first team, but you train with the first team quite regularly. Yeah, so I, I did two years with the first team. Um, albeit there was times when um, Andy Holden had to take a small group. You know, if you know if the manager only wanted to say eighteen players, mm-hmm. then um, you know all the fringe players would go with with the reserve uh, team manager. So th- there was times when that happened, but otherwise, it was yeah. I was uh, fortunate enough to be involved with the first team with David Moyes and Alan Irvine. What was it like playing, training alongside, and playing alongside Paul Gascoigne? It was, yeah, you know, he's, yeah, you know, people my age, first memories, Italian 90, and it's still very close to my heart. That, that World Cup for me was my favourite World Cup, and Gazza was the star of, of that World Cup. 
So when he signs for Everton to be training with them day to day, and I always just remember thinking, you know, I just want to tackle him. That was, you know, I just want to see if I can actually get the ball off Paul Gascoigne. And you know, he was human. Um, and to be fair to Gaz, he was obviously he was on his decline in his in his career, so he wasn't as good as he, as he would have been. But he, he was still brilliant. do special things, couldn't he? He, he could, yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it was just just a privilege to. to to see him daily and just to watch him. Did you think that Leon Osman would go on and play 400 games for the first team? Uh, I do. I, um, I do think that, you know, I think he's 21 when he made his debut. I think yeah. I've got that right. Yeah. So, Which is late, isn't it? Yeah, so I think he might have um, he might have just, you know, missed missed the boat, to be honest. But, you know, Everton had faith in him and they kept, they kept him here and he had that, you know, very good loan spell. Which at Derby, which did him the world of good, and when he came back, once he got that chance, he, he took it, and that's what it's all about, really. If you get given a chance, it might only be one. You've got to take it, and and Ozzy certainly did that. Did you have any sort of relationship with the manager, with David Moyes? I was, yeah, it was. Again, I, w- I was in and amongst it. Um, I went pre-season with them. I think it was Wayne Rooney's first pre-season. Me and him shared a room. Um, I got involved with the pre-season friendlies that summer. Uh, I remember playing against Wrexham, being part of the first team. I started alongside possibly Stubbsy, uh, and and otherwise it was you know Kevin Campbell up front. It was a prop. It was it was the first eleven yeah. that you'd think, and I was playing at the back. So I did have a relationship, um, but as time went by, I soon realised I just wasn't going to get that chance, and it was difficult for me to um, for, for me to, to, to take really. Um, with David Moyes, he, Wayne Rooney, I always think Wayne Rooney came on the scene. He was absolutely fantastic for everybody, apart from Nick Chadwick, because the manager was never going to play two teenage strikers. And I always think under Moyes that he was always like to play a young striker rather than a young centre half, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I def- it was, you know, I got that impression. He wanted it. He wanted experience at the back, and you understand now why because. You know, you manage an Everton football club. You can't take chances. You know, you've got to, um, you know, you've got to play someone that you can fully trust. And a young lad coming through who's untested uh, to throw him in, uh, it, it, it can affect, you know, his his career. Not just the player he throws in; it can also affect his career. Um, but no, Mo- Moise was good. You know, he he renewed my contract. I think a couple of times. So I think there was some type of belief there. I just needed to go out on loan and and obviously that's when Swindon eventually came in and I was 21 so I was quite late to go out myself like like Ozzy and uh, once the opportunity came you know, I was desperate to to, to, to to get out Let's speak about your roommate were you like everybody else at Everton when you first saw Wayne Rooney were you like wow what have we got here? Yeah Wayne I think is three years below me two or three I think three to be fair and he I just remember him from the early days when um, we used to train at Belfield, like as an under twelve. There was always, you know, he, he stood out with his ears and he had a bit of a swag about him, and he'd always be watching our game at the end because I think his session followed our session, and he'd always, you know, if the ball went out of play, he'd run over, grab the ball, and instead of giving it your back, he'd do a load of kick ups and the headers, and then give it your back. He was always trying to impress the older lads, so he made an impression on me from from an early from an early age, and then playing under 17s under 19s you know he was coming in at 14 15 and he was just unbelievable his speed his power his ball control 
you know, his, his shooting, his game intelligence, he just had everything. What was he like as a roommate when he was uh, 16 years of age? Yeah, we're both. I mean, I'm, I'm a quiet lad. He, he, he was, he's quite quiet as well. Um, he's quite quiet. So, um, yeah, we used to just go into Kevin McLeod's, see Kevin McLeod. Who uh, isn't quiet. Who isn't quiet, who would... Uh, who would Brighten us both up a little bit, but uh, now nah, Wayne was just a you know, he was relaxed, quiet, you know, lad at that time. It, it, it's one of those, isn't it? it, it you're talking about Gascoigne there, but you know, you can tell your grandkids that you're a teammate of Wayne Rooney's as well because we'll never see his like again, I don't think, at 16. No, well, you, you know, we've just got the darts player coming through, and there's yeah. been comparisons of uh, Littler and Wayne Rooney, and you think what Wayne had to take on at such a, a young age, uh, the impact he had. Uh, it's incredible yeah it was a global impact and again it it will be done again but it's a generation thing it's not going to happen you know next year it's it's, it's once every 20 20 years this this types of things happen what benefits did you get from your loan to Swindon Sean both on and off the pitch Um, it was just it was kind of like for me it was um, I realised I just wasn't going to get a chance at Everton and I just needed I needed to be given an opportunity and uh, once I got that opportunity at Swindon I was put in the first team once I started playing it was a case of um, winning football matches and it was the start of you know earning earning a living in the game and that's what it's all about it's it's not about being a reserve player for, and, and sat here, although it was very com- I, was, I was too comfortable I think at Everton at that stage Is it a case of all of a sudden you've got to win the games because your yeah. teammates the bonus, the crowd to, yeah. to get in. You need to win the game now. Yeah, you do. Um, it is. You, you you are fighting for your own career, and that and that's how it and that's where it begins. Um, and it was a good experience. Again, twenty one. I was untested, but it was quite. I think at that time, League One was quite an experienced league. So there was a lot of lads coming from the top from the Championship and the Premier League. You know, coming towards the end of their careers, but falling into League One. Say, so it was tough. It was tough. Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, Swindon was a complete, from a professionalism point of view, it was it was a big shock. It was definitely a big, big air culture shock. Um, you know, day one, I always remember they, they trained those two fields, which was separated by a hedge, so you couldn't see the other field. So we'd start in one field, and it was Andy King. You know, oh, he was yeah. he was the manager, wow. so it was brilliant to be part with him. But he'd send us off on our warm up, and as soon as we got into this, the other field, the captain would say and stretch. So we'd all stretch, and then a few of the players had cigarettes in the pocket, in, <laughs> in there in the socks, and a few of them would start having a little smoke whilst we were all having a stretch, and. Have, I've obviously gone from, you know, <laughs> David Moyes and Paul Gascoigne and, you know, real professionalism to, <laughs> to, that. to that. And you're thinking, oh, no, what what for came came to? Kingy was a special guy, wasn't he? But, yeah, he was. He really was. Did you know with him, Sean? Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. Um, yeah, forever grateful for him for, uh, for giving me the chance. And he was just one of them who he just wanted to be one of the boys. Mm. And... It, he was our manager and it, I think he found it hard to <laughs> to separate being the boss or being one of the boys and he was he just he just loved being one of the boys so when you when you finally made the decision to go to Swindon permanently and, and yeah. leave Everton Football Club were you were you happy in your own mind that you'd done all that you can uh, you obviously we had Weir Stubbsy yeah. Unzi could play centre half Joseph Yobo would come in did, yeah. did you have any regrets or did you think look I've given this my best shot it's not going to happen I'll move on 
I think when I was at Everton, I, I, did, I didn't see any path there for me just because of all the names you've mentioned and Peter Clark as well, who was under-21 England captain. Um, so going away to Swindon, I think I played like 20 from the January to the end of the season. We were in the playoffs. Um, I felt like a different player, to be honest, and I think that was all confidence. I think from a confidence point, I felt like a new player and I just, if I could have had one more season at Everton, I felt like I could have... Um, made a bit more of an impression but it wasn't to be it was um, Swindon wanted me permanently and that was the agreement I know you enjoyed yourself at Swindon and then you moved on to NK Dons which is where you really established yourself wasn't it? Yeah that's for me I had five years at NK Dons it was you know we hit the playoffs we won the league then we were in the playoffs we won the Johnson's Bank Trophy um, and it was just it was playing in a team that was always going top six and you know you enjoy your football when you're winning football games and that's what it was like for five years at MK Dons it was a great, great you've brushed over the Johnston's paint but talk us through your goal at Wembley yeah yeah it's it is my favourite it's my proudest moment obviously the, the, it's even above the England bits and bobs you know playing for England scoring a goal at Wembley and winning a final and doing it in front of you, 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 my mum my sisters my dad Um it is. It's. 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 No, it doesn't. No, and it was a header, which and you know timed it well. Caught. You know, it was a good header. I was happy with that. And yeah. Is it on YouTube anywhere? It is on YouTube. I do show my kids every now and then. <laughs> keep keep reminding them what dad used to do. Um, but yeah, no, it was a special moment. That. How did the move to Hibernian come about in Scotland? Um, I think they showed interest the year before. Um, I then did my cruciate ligaments, my knee. Which didn't, which which knocked me out for, for about six months, and then I completed my last year at MK and MK uh, didn't renew my contract, and then Hibs obviously were interested. Previously, uh, we rekindled the interest and they were happy for um, we we agreed, and it was yeah that was the next move. Did you enjoy it? Absolutely loved it. Yeah, really? loved it. But it's it was the first so I've, I've I'd been successful at Swindon then at MK, but it was the first time on the field that. It didn't go quite as as, as I wanted. Uh, off the field, everything was fine. My two boys were born in Edinburgh. We bought a house, we settled, loved the people. Uh, so off the field, it was brilliant. Absolutely loved it, loved being in Edinburgh. But, um, yeah. but it was one of those situations where the manager got sacked, new manager came in and brought a captain, centre-half, and I was the one who um, got dropped. And It was one of those situations where no matter what you do, he's always going to... Um, yeah. Play, play the lad that he, yeah, he brought yeah, in. Yeah. What was so, it like playing against Celtic and Rangers? Yeah, yeah. So the the biggest games I've been involved with, um, you know, bigger than any League One or League Two fixture. Are they everything that we think they are. Yeah, Madness. yeah, yeah. I mean, when they come and play at Easter Roads, you know, they filled up. You know, behind the stand, it's completely full. Uh, Celtic do that thing where they all face yeah. in the opposite <laughs> direction and jump and chant, and it's just um, it's surreal, really. Um, and it was, it was, you know, I think it was 28, 29 when I, got, when I got to Hibs. And I think when we played at Ibrox and I walked out and I looked, it was a full house and I thought, this is this is what Premier League football is like and this yeah. is something that I didn't quite achieve at Everton. And it was uh, something that I felt like I've, I've kind of finally done it. I've, I've got to achieve that, um, that Premier League atmosphere. You... Wound up your career with uh, spells at Carlisle and Stockport County. And again, we were talking before we started recording this. You have to be the only player 
who can say, I was a teammate of Paul Gascoigne, I was a teammate of Wayne Rooney, and I was a teammate of Jordan Pickford. That was a Carlisle, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was. Now, Jordan, he was at Sunderland, and he came on loan to Carlisle, and um, he was quality. Really, really, you could see. Really? Shot stopping was brilliant. His kicking was unreal. Um, he had this little, I think he still does it now, to be honest, but um, like a little sling shot that he does, and he, he slices across the ball. He was forever doing that, uh, which used to, he wasn't as accurate as he, as he is now. Uh, but back then, it used to wind people up a little bit because <laughs> he always had to slice it. You know, he was always done with like this technique that he had. Um, but what was he like as a character? Because you, you'd yeah. have been playing right in front of him. So yeah, um, I don't remember him being as vocal like on the pitch, but off the off the pitch, you know, he's a character. He, he likes to get involved with the banter and all the little, you know, um, little whatever you do, uh, wind up winding mm. people up and that. So he was good to have around the the dressing room. Um, but he, he loves just saving, you know, after training, he was always, you know, going, who can score past me? Let's do some shooting. He was always happy to do extra. And he, he was, yeah, he was he's so agile. He was destined to reach the top, wasn't he? I, I think so, yeah. I, I really do. And um, I'm, I'm glad he has. It's got to be a unique hat, hasn't it? Gazza, Wazard and Pickers. I know. Well, if you think, I know. <laughs> if anyone out there knows of any different, yeah, then, uh, then well, please let us know. Well, that's it. If you think of Gazza from 1990 World <laughs> Cup to um, to Jordan Pickford and in this 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 next yeah. World Cup, I mean, it's a big uh, it's a big time Absolutely. frame for just... me to be a part of that. So you, you dipped your toe into the world of coaching, didn't you, last season? Just tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, I live round the corner from Marine Football Club in Crosby, and uh, they had a reserve team and I was asked to take the reserves last season um, which I thoroughly enjoyed uh, we had a young team and it was the first time I've got, I have got my badges um, I just do grassroots stuff with, with my boys mm-hmm. so I just do that's, that's been my coaching journey so far in the last five years but it was the first time I could really um, work with the team and, and work on stuff that I really you know, believe in and different methods and stuff like that and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, has that reignited your love for football. It has, yeah. Um, unfortunately, Marine they, they, they scrapped the team, uh, so they no longer have a reserve team. Um, so that was unfortunate because I was really enjoying it. But it has, it's reignited the flame. And you know, if there's any opportunities, I, you know, it's something I'd, I'd consider. And and 400 games experience, both sides of the border with the international footballers, you, you, you must feel as if you've got a lot to offer. I do, yeah. Um, and as any player will tell you, you know, you pick up little bits along the way from different managers, and you'll always have your own uh, beliefs. And you know, I do feel like I'm in a position where I've got all that experience, and I do want to, you know, give it a good go. Mm-hmm. You mentioned there before that your your goal at Wembley is on YouTube, and you're not the only internet sensation in the family, are you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, it was uh, during lockdown. Um, we, we or I, me and my two sons, we created, uh, it was called Goals of the Century, uh, which was something that we did during lockdown. We we, we recreated a few goals in the back garden and um, it, it went viral. It went brilliantly, didn't it? It did, Especially yeah. Especially the Everton goals. Yeah, it went viral. Um, we did interviews all, all around the world. There was a few um, Brazilian, Ronaldo, Ronaldinho, we did a few goals of them. Um, so Brazil really liked wow. us. We, we, yeah, we did an interview for Brazil. I didn't realise that. Yeah, Totti, um, Roma, we did an interview for Roma because of Totti. There was a goal with Totti. <laughs> uh, there's yourselves at Everton who yeah. made contact. And then we were on the BBC, their radio channels. And it went on for about two weeks. It was like every day after school. Really well, is. not after school because it was lockdown. It was like, right, boys, we've got this interview to 
to do. And <laughs> it was, yeah, it was like a, a two-week whirlwind. Did you reenact your Wembley goal? <laughs> no, no, they didn't. <laughs> that would have been one step too far. Yeah. We just had that walk around Finch Farm there and you saw one of your former teammates there, Alan Moog, and straight away, are you Chief? How are you Chief? And when I saw you in Formby not long ago, it was, yeah. hello Chief, how are you? Yeah. Where did Chief come from? It came from the uh, Les Helm physio. Your physio. Yeah. So Les Helm was first team physio, I think in the 80s and probably early 90s. And he was my physio uh, under 18 when I signed as a professional. And he he uh, introduced that nickname. Um, it's stuck, hasn't it? And it's stuck, yeah. It's stuck. It has stuck. Yeah. Sean, it's been an absolute pleasure looking back over your career. Uh, congratulations on a wonderful career and Cheers. thanks very much for your time. No, thanks, Dan. Thanks for inviting me.